the strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm one with the force of forces with me. Now witness the firepower of this fully armed and operational battle station. We'll use the force. That's not how the force works. Well, that starts somewhere. Welcome to the KyberCast. This is episode number 202, recorded February 1st, 2024. My name is Joe Becker, one half of the KyberCast team, with my real microphone, my real headphones, and joining me is my real friend, Michael Diaz. I am your real friend, and I'm happy to see that you have your real microphone and your real headset. Yeah, except my room is a disaster, which I am doing video this time to see if this, this might go on YouTube. Might not be a good test, but my room looks right. like crap. Um, I, mean, I was going to worry like this may or may not be it. I just want to uh, I don't want this background that I have here. It's got to be better for the YouTubers. You know, well, you got Akbar, you've got a lightsaber, you got some what, some action figures behind you. It's pretty geeky and moving boxes and guitar box <laughs> all kind of stuff. I'm sure, it's full of guns, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> what was the El? Uh, what was that movie? El Mariachi. El Mariachi. Oh my god, it's a great movie. The first two, yes. Yeah, yeah, the first two. Um, what's going on, man? How much living life? You've got you've got a lot of news in there. Why don't we jump right in? Let's do that. Well, I know we mentioned it a mere two episodes ago, but Sony has won the bidding war for twenty eight years later. A uh, sequel to the two zombie-esque movies that were done almost 20 years ago. Or maybe just over 20 years ago. I don't know. I do remember that's one of the first movies I pirated. <laughs> oh, he admitted yeah. it on tape. Uh, I think I'm okay. Because uh, I have since... I, I So, when 28 Days Later came out, I wanted to see it so bad. And that was before. I mean, now a lot of times... They do like you know world releases. They release it the same day all around the world. There's still sometimes some lag, but then uh, it was in the UK for like a good chunk of the year before they even announced it was coming to the US. So I wanted to see it. I knew someone had you know ripped it and you know put it into a torrent. So I downloaded it and watched a terrible, terrible version on my computer back then. <laughs> But, and then it, when it did finally come out in the U.S., I immediately went and saw it in the theater. I bought it on DVD. I bought it on, on 4K digital. They've got my money, okay? <laughs> 28 years later, Michael paid 10 times. Right? So, yeah, this is the uh, first of three planned movies, all written by Alex Garland. The first film will be directed by Danny Boyle, who did the original 28 Days Later. Later. Uh, Killian Murphy, I think, is that how you say Is it Cillian or Killian? I've it's Killian. Killian Murphy is an executive producer on this film, and he may also star. So. Well, he was in the original, yeah? Correct. Yeah. Did he die? I don't remember the movie. I know you must have loved it, but I don't, I don't, I remember very little of it for some reason. It depends. So the original ending as filmed, uh, he dies. Okay. And that's it. That's how the film. That's what I thought. Uh, but it tested poorly. I think that was the original UK ending. 
And then when they brought it to the U.S., they're like, it did not track well in the U.S. And they're like, we need a better ending. So in the U.S. version, he uh, he lives. Well, we're such optimists here versus the English. <laughs> the, the, seriously, the original. I mean, on the DVD, you can watch it as a cut scene, the original ending. And it is, it is stark. Very stark. So... Good thing he survived now after all because he might he may reappear in this new movie. All right. I'm excited. I know we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, so I won't go too into it, but hey, I'm all for it. Yeah, me too. Um, uh, but I'm not gonna like be the first one at the theater for it. I don't know. I really do like Danny Boyle. I do too. I do too. Um I even liked I even liked his uh Train Spotting 2, T2, that he did 20-some-odd years later. Um, so maybe that's his thing now. He's just going to go back to him. Movies. You know, I don't know if I watched that. I liked it. I didn't love it. I mean, Train Spotting is one of my all-time favorite movies. It's a very good movie. Um, T2 is interesting. Um, it, it makes sense, and it kind of comes around full circle. I won't ruin it, but it's... I I, I, I I have a dream that I seen that I watched it and I can't remember. <laughs> I mean, I'm I don't know if I did. Honestly, I don't know. I mean, everybody is in it, right? Everybody. Yeah, unless who well, somebody except, passed. Yeah, except Tommy because he yeah. was in the first one. Right. Yeah, everyone's in it. So I can't remember. I I feel like I saw it. That know. good was it? It's it's not as good as the first one. If I did see it, no, it's nowhere near as good as. Yeah, you can't go back sometimes and it'll be like that. Uh, it, it really depends. It's hard to do. I'll give you that. But sometimes you can go back and you're like, yes. That's pretty like, rare. Some people might make the argument, you know, um, Blade Runner 2049. It was okay. Yeah. I'm just saying, sometimes a sequel is better. It was, it was okay. If it, it was never made, I'd have been fine too. That's fine. Okay. Well, Terminator 2 is far better than Terminator. Yeah, I don't know if it's far better, but okay, it's different. <laughs> um, it wouldn't be us unless we had a difference of opinion. No, I mean that Terminator is one of the most perfectly written movies and done. It's just, it's. I know, movie. but it, when you rewatch it, some of the special effects are. Yeah, but that doesn't make it good or bad. That that was the story's, yeah. you know, for what it was at the time. We've we've hashed this out. I can't remember what fucking episode it was, but. Um, well, it's hard to know what argument we're going to have to then see what where we had this before in one episode. Yeah. All right. What's next? <laughs> next production has started on Star Trek section 31 film. And this is not a film going to the theaters. It is going straight to Paramount plus. <laughs> okay. It's going straight somewhere. <laughs> I have faith. What is this uh, about? What's what's station 31? Is this like, we're like, is, this the, is, is that like the plumbing of the ship? No. Do you not remember anything from season one or two of, Discovery? I can't remember. No, I remember her crying. That's it, all the time. So, well, if you remember, Michelle Yeoh was Captain Giorgio. Uh, you know, um, Enterprise, not yeah. Enterprise, but, you know, Starfleet Captain. But then in the Mirror Universe, she was Empress Giorgio. And, uh, you know... Michael, uh, I can't remember her last name, but you know, the captain of the star of the show. Michael Scott. Not Michael Scott, thank you. That was <laughs> funny. Um, she was in the mirror universe, she was her adoptive daughter. 
Right. And when that first season ended, somehow Giorgio, Emperor Giorgio, because Captain Giorgio died, but then Empress Giorgio is still alive uh, in the Mirror Universe, and she come, came over to the Star Trek universe. Right, crossed over. Right. And so she was on the show for the first three seasons. Uh, so Section 31 actually uh, originated in Deep Space Nine. It's basically like um, Star Trek's CIA, their secret police, that kind of thing. I uh, remember season two was all about the fact that uh, Section 31 had created the AI and they had their own ships and stuff. And then the AI took over the ships and they were basically, if if they had lost that battle at the end of uh, season two, uh, the AI was going to take over the whole galaxy. Mm. Anyway, so mm-hmm. Section 31 is like their, their black ops, their CIA, that kind of stuff. They do the stuff that maybe violates the Prime Directive. But they're doing it for the good of the Federation, so they think it's okay. Sure, and that's how empires are built. Yeah. It's very cloak and dagger, but you know it's Michelle Yeoh, man. She was fantastic as Giorgio, whether captain or empress. Uh, I just love the fact that she's won an Oscar, and she's like, you know what? Uh, I'm still going to commit to all of my projects. She did that, you know, American-born Chinese on Disney Plus. Uh, she's in the Brothers' Son. Uh, on Netflix, which I did watch the first episode of that. I didn't put it in my geek this week because Shaley didn't like it, so I don't know if I'll be able to finish that show. <laughs> but she's doing this film with Paramount Plus, so I'm yeah, all for it. Well, she's had a long, distinguished career. It's the time she gets paid. You might as well get paid. I know, but I just love that, you know, she she's still doing these TV shows where, you know, she could have immediately, like, tried to jump into something bigger now that she has an Oscar, right? Like, so... She's getting paid, and she should get paid, and I love that. But I'm just surprised that she's slumming it on TV, even though that's really not considered slumming it like it was 30 years ago. Got it. All right. That's what's next because this I don't I don't know why this next one's on here. It doesn't feel like it's in our our wheelhouse, but let's talk about it. I only mention it because so Benioff and Weiss. Am I saying that right? Sure. They won't listen anyways. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Benioff and Weiss. You know they had that all that buzz because they were. You know, the showrunners on Game of Thrones. I mean, I I haven't watched the series. I know I should, but I've heard kind of the blowback from season, what, eight, when they didn't have a book to follow anymore. And then, you know, they got all that buzz because they were, they were going to do a Star Wars trilogy and Lucasfilm, you know, came up and then you're going to develop it. You're going to make all this money and write. And then Netflix said, no, we want you. And because you're not doing Star Wars yet, we're going to dump a bunch of money in your way and you're going to come work for us instead. And so finally it was revealed. <laughs> They're doing a show about the assassination of President James Garfield. Yeah, boo. I mean, so I mentioned it because, you know, here they are. They had all this genre buzz. You know, they did Game of Thrones. They were going to do Star Wars. And now... I mean, they're doing this show. I don't know who's asking for a show about the assassination of President Garfield. It's called Death by Lightning. I mean, it, it stars Matthew McFadden from Succession. And anything Michael Shannon in is in is usually awesome. I just, if it's not awesome, his portrayal in whatever he's in is awesome. I just love Michael Shannon. Anytime I see him. He's one of those guys, you know, he always does some creepy things, never really normal not always um have you seen uh what the night of or no wait, the night before or something like that that christmas movie mm, no 
it's Seth Rogen. It's uh, Anthony Mackie and uh, the guy from 30 Rock. I can't remember his name. was also... Uh, he does quirky stuff. I can't remember his name. Anyhow, the guy that played Robin in the third Batman film, Nolan film. Drawn oh, Batman. Joseph... Ra- jo- uh... Yeah. What did you say? Joseph Riley? Or what's his name? Not Joseph Riley. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Thank you. Yeah, that's what I meant. Riley. I don't know where it came from. JC. I think okay. John C. Riley for a second. <laughs> it's this movie about, I think it's uh, um, one of the characters. So he has cancer? No, that's a different oh. movie. Oh, okay. Uh, the night before is basically how um, like one of the characters, his family died in a tragic accident, literally uh, like around Christmas time. I don't remember if it was the day before or what, but they died. So his friends decided you're never going to be alone mm. on Christmas Eve. And so they started this thing where they go out partying and bar hopping on Christmas Eve. But now they're in their 30s and like they have you know wives and families of their own. But Not Joseph Gordon-Levitt, right? Right. So um, but anyhow, Michael Shannon is in it as a drug dealer who keeps just kind of showing up now. That's and then. creepy. No, he's not creepy. He's not. He, he's a pot dealer, okay? So he's not creepy at all, but he is he fucking owns that role. I, he's hilarious. I love him as this. He's just this blown out pot dealer. He, oh, he's just great. He's great. Right. In that. So anyway, okay. I love Michael Shannon. So even when he's a blown out pot dealer, I love watching him on the screen. Gotcha. All right, this next one. I just thought this was kind of an interesting tidbit. So the sequel to Beetlejuice is coming out this fall, and they reveal this name. It is not Beetlejuice 2. It's literally called Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. And I'll call it meh, meh, zero interest. What? You don't like the first one? You know what? I thought I did, but we watched it again over Halloween, and I thought, this movie is fucking boring, and it's not that funny. Really? It's really terrible, actually, when you watch it. At least when I watch it through the eyes I have now, I'm like, this is really dumb. It's not even that good. Oh, now, I, now I'm worried. Maybe I shouldn't rewatch it. I, I was like, I don't. It's boring. It's like there's, it's, you know, I don't know. It just didn't work for me now. It was fine at the time. I think when it was at 91. When did this thing come out? Forever Nin- and a day ago. Like 90, 80, 99, 89, 91. I have no idea. When Beetlejuice came out. Right. I loved it at the time. I I honestly can't say the last time I watched it. And for me, it's kind of up there with like Goonies and other films where it's nostalgic for me. So I don't know if I could sit back and watch it and not watch it through that lens of nostalgia. And we'll get into this when we talk about uh, today's topic, because there's a lot of nostalgia there, too. But yeah. But in addition to that, uh, Burton also announced he is directing the remake of Attack of the 50-Foot Woman, that 50s um, kind of schlock fest, but whatever it was. I mean, they've done countless kind of homages or parodies of this movie since then. Uh, No word on whether or not they're doing it straight, if they're still going to take place in the 50s, if it's going to be a comedy. I mean, it's it's Burton, so you expect some kind of fun. Maybe kooky, yeah. Is Johnny Depp yeah. playing the 50-foot woman? I don't think so. Uh, I don't know that anything is else it, has been... Is it Helena Bonham Carter playing 50-foot woman? Because he's only got like five people that he hires in every movie. Well, 
Helena and him, I think, didn't they break up or get divorced? So I don't know. It doesn't mean he won't put her in movies. Well, no, that's kind of his thing. Like, uh, I right. remember that. So it'll be Christina Ricci then. That's possible. That's possible. I mean, she showed up in Wednesday. But I didn't, I didn't watch Wednesday. It's actually really good. No, Michelle liked it. I'd like to see what I have. Maybe I'll watch it next Halloween. Seems like the appropriate thing to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. It's fun, but yeah. So that's uh, that's all I got for news. Yeah, I look for things. I mean, the only thing I saw, you know, Star Wars related is there was an interview with you and McGregor and basically just saying no one's talked to him yet about season two for Obi-Wan. So I thought technically it was supposed to be a miniseries anyway. So are they even going to do a season two? Technically, um, there's not it's supposed to. It's supposed to be a one and done. So, right. But he also said he had no idea about any Obi Wan, like as he was helping write it and stuff. He's an actor. Like, what's he's not going to say? That is true. All those Disney and MCU, everyone's like, oh, I have no idea. Like, it's not even worth asking them the question. Like Oscar Isaac, I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm never going to be in Moon Knight while he was filming it. Right. I mean, it's just stupid. Right. So you can't believe them. You can't believe those goddamn celebrities. No, not at all. Uh, there is talk of, I didn't write this down as, as you mentioned this last week with Deadpool and there is bigger talk about him resetting the universe. So you must have either read some rumors last week or, but I saw some this week too, that said that, uh, he could change the history of, it was, it was released off a Japanese, uh, summary of the movie, I guess the way they wrote it. I, it's funny you mentioned that because yeah, I, I did mention, I think in our 200th episode that I thought. This was the movie that could hopefully, you know, kind of soft boot the MCU, right? And that, that was my hope. And similar to what you said, I just saw an interview with, um, oh, what's his name? God, I, you know, I know all these stars' name until we start recording and then I can't remember anything. Uh, Matthew Vaughn, who did, what, um, X-Men First Class. He's also done, you know, the the, um, the Kingsman and all that stuff. Uh, but... Apparently, he has seen enough of the film. Like, obviously, they just finished production, but he's seen, uh, you know, some bits of it and seen, you know, the story that they're doing. And he said, wow, they, they, they just saved the MCU. And that's coming from Matthew Vaughn, who I respect as a creator. Well, that's open-ended, save the MCU. I don't know what that means. It's a, either a good movie because the, the, the last four have been bad and they save the MCU, or do they save, like... Uh, whatever time frame or whatever um, universe it is now. I mean, it's a kind of way open-ended sentence. No, but Marvel will take any bit of good news they can at this point. Yeah, they're still getting a good interest rate on the money they brought in for That's all the true. other movies. I'm not worried about it. Good night. All right. Um, let's jump into our geek this week. Mine's pretty simple and small Is Typical. I don't have 50 things like Michael does, but I want, we just finished watching the uh, Percy Jackson series on Disney plus, And it was pretty good. It was fun, fun little show. It's uh, if you remember that I never read the books, they're like kids books, I think, but are tweeners, whatever the heck you want to say. Uh, I did watch the original movies that were out there. Um, there's two, right? There's three, I think. Oh, I've seen two. Yeah. And I guess if you read the books, like the movies really pissed you off. 
Um, but the series seems to have, because it was helped written by the person that wrote the book, helped write the series. I don't know the person's name. I didn't do any research here. Um, but uh, it was pretty good. It was fun. I guess it's closer to the book series. Uh, and this was book one. The season one was book one. So, Oh, the entire first season is just book one. Yeah. You know, sometimes I feel like they should do that with books because sometimes. They should, yeah, definitely. Because you can make the chapters each if, if it's written in a certain way, a lot of books are written very cinematically, like, you know, see Dan Brown. All his books are very cinematically written, which is why they translate uh, to the screen fairly well. But, um, yeah. Well, good. It was good. Well, I don't have 50 things. Uh, I have two. Uh, I did finish uh, last week. I finished the first volume of Red Lanterns, and I also had volume two. I started that but didn't get very far into it because... Uh, there was a sale, a $6 sale on Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus for the Switch Lite. And so I spent a lot of time first because this is me. It was $6. So I had to spend probably way more hours, several hours, watching reviews of the game to see if it was worth spending $6. Let's put it this way. I definitely spent more than $6 of my own personal time researching this game to see if it was worth six dollars if you went to mcdonald's and got a meal it's twelve dollars now i know i know i i don't know why i am i am this way or why i do that shit eventually after watching like my third maybe fourth review of this game i said i've wasted so much time just spend the six fucking dollars idiot were they that wishy-washy of reviews that you're like, oh, I just got to watch another one or I got well, to, like, like, what were you looking for to put you over the edge? Like, do you want the reviewer to turn around and say, hey, Michael, like to your face, I think you should buy it. Is that what you were looking for? That would be helpful. That yeah. would have saved me a lot of time, actually. Um, I, I don't know. I think it's because I'm not a gamer, right? Yeah, me neither. I mean, I like to play. I, I wish I had more time. I have an Xbox that's in a box right now that we moved that I took down to South Carolina that never hooked up. Right. And it, it's The box has moved a few times, but it's still there. And I want an Xbox X or the One X. That's what I want. Like this one's older and um, I feel like I can do that down the road because I don't know. You want to buy that so that way you can set it up and stuff, sit there. Well, hopefully I'll use it down here. And now that we're back in the now we're back in the room, and I don't share a TV. Right, right. No, that's fair. That's fair. Well, so uh, you know, I, I've said this many times before. I basically play Call of Duty on my PS5. Really, the PS5 is lost on me. I, I shouldn't have bought it, but I did. And every year, I just buy the new version of Call of Duty. Every once in a while, I see some other game. I'm like, oh, I should play that game, and I buy it and I play it for 15 minutes, and then I start playing Call of Duty again. I mean, I have countless, I have at least a handful of Star Wars games that I've got like maybe a couple hours into and that's it. Because um, I just don't take the time to sit down and play video games unless, like on my Switch, because it's handheld, like sometimes I just need a brain break from work or something. So I'll pick up my Switch, I'll sit in a chair and I'll set a timer for like 10, 15 minutes and just play like Mario or something. So that's what I did. I bought Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus. It's a lot of shooting. It takes place in a uh, alternate world where the Nazis won World War II and nuked New York. Uh, and it takes place in like 1961, so it's been a while. And New York, there's a, there's a resistance, yada, yada, yada. But it's kind of like this neo-futurism because your guy wears this exoskeleton. And, you know, 
the Germans have made all these amazing technological advances because of them uh, first developing the atom bomb and they've kind of just gone beyond that. So future looking zombies that you get to shoot and kill. And it's fun when I need a mental break. Makes sense. Well, there you go. Those are our geeks this week. Um, and now's the time we talk about Patreon. So if you want to check out our Patreon page and give us a little uh, boost there, check out uh, our Patreon page at patreon.com slash kybercast and uh, check out how you can help out the show. So it's it was not a big week for things. So Michael and I tried to come up with a, some kind of topic um, about, you know, uh, what could... I don't know, maybe entice anyone to listen. I don't know, Michael. It's such a slow week. Uh, and Michael had some good topics. Why don't you talk about how we're going to, what our main topic is today? So, our main topic is kind of twofold. Uh, first thing we're going to talk about, and Joe and I have not shared these with each other. No. Uh, we're going to talk about three franchises that we feel are worthy of a reboot. Now, kind of like the loose. And I'm, I'm saying this for Joe's benefit. The loose rules where it can't be something that has been rebooted within the last 10 years right. or has been announced as a reboot. So, and one of mine has been announced, so too like, bad. That's fine. That's fine. Like I'll, I was trying I'll to start with that one because it'll be anticlimactic. Okay. Well, because like, I was thinking like, you know, we're almost, we're what, 21 years from when Battlestar Galactica was rebooted. So it's due for a reboot. But it's already been said, right? Right. That's already been announced. We also mentioned either video game and toy. Well, that, that's, that's the it. other thing. So yeah. the first part is three franchises that are ready for a reboot. And then the last part is what toy, what comic, what book, what what video game yep. should be the next great streaming show. Like The Last of Us has become a huge hit. For Max, and it's based on a video game, right? I mean, there's also Halo, but there's The Last of Us for That's Max. That's coming out. Could be good, Mike. That's a good show. Halo was fun. We'll see if second yeah, season's okay. good. My prediction is it'll be canceled after season two. Probably. <laughs> but you just said it was a good show. Well, it doesn't mean they won't cancel it. I don't know if it's getting the viewers. I mean, it's better than the first two Discovery seasons. That's for fucking sure. Uh, I really like season two with Section Thirty One, but we're not. We can argue about this. Yeah. We're not gonna. So, all right. So I'll I'll lead with with a franchise because uh, you know it's I kind of broke the rules. I didn't see the the note that Michael put up in here. Um, no, I, I put it in our chat today. Oh, okay. I didn't see that part. Um, <laughs> but I, I, you know, the thing that came to mind, I, I think it's in production, or at least it's been talked about, is Highlander. Oh yeah, well yeah, with That's, Henry Cavill. Uh, yeah, and uh, isn't it going to be directed by David Leitch? Leitch? That I don't know. I don't know. I didn't get that I far. Believe so, which that's why I think it's going to be successful because you take one of the guys that brought us John Wick and you let him loose on the Highlander. I mean, will they get John a Scott? With, will they get a Scott to play? Uh... Well, they shouldn't get a Frenchman. That's for sure. <laughs> which is funny. Well, no, no. Well, they got Henry Cavill. Well, who's going to play the Sean Connery? Role, you know, who would be great an actual Spaniard like Antonio Banderas. I know, but I like a Scottish Spaniard, that's why it's funny. 
So that yeah, the original. You've got a guy that says, you know, Scott. Right. So you get Christopher Lambert, a Frenchman, to play a Scott. Scott. Right. And then you get Sean Connery. Right. An right. actual Scott to play Ramirez. <laughs> Ramirez. I am the last one. <laughs> That's what I love about it. I mean, he's got that Scottish brogue, right? Totally. And then he says his name, Ramirez. It's yeah. just like, my not name, even close to Spanish. Yeah. My name is Ramirez. <laughs> exactly. But all that to say, if done right, yeah, that'd be a great reboot. Well, we'll find out. All right, so I, I I burned my first one, which was bad. So all right, you 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 go to the next. You you do your first one. We'll, we'll go back and forth. All right, so uh, let me preface it with this: there were some that were so easy that I almost picked, but they're so easy. There's not much to talk about, right? Like I think anyone listening is going to expect, and maybe hopefully I'm not spoiling what one of yours is. It could be. So, that's fine. If, if so. I doubt it, but you know, pretend like you didn't hear this. But like right away, my first reaction was, "I should say Firefly." Oh yeah, that's not on my list. Okay, good. <laughs> I love, I love Firefly. Let me put it this way: I, I watched Serenity, which is the movie that you know that caps the show. I saw the movie. I'm like, oh, it's fine. But it got me curious enough to go back and watch Firefly. So I watched it, loved it, and then said, oh, my so God. So when you say reboot, do you want start over or do you want continuation with same people? Either or. Because you can do both, right? What do you? But what do you want for Firefly is what I'm asking. No, no. I'm, I'm explaining. Sorry. Firefly is the obvious pick. I did not pick it. Oh, sorry. Okay. So I'm just prefacing. For anyone listening to this episode, I'm not going to say Firefly. So they're just getting that <laughs> out of the way. Because it's the easy response, right? Right. It is. I. It is for some. I didn't never cross my mind. Right. Well, then people started. You know, when Disney bought Fox, they're like, "This is it. Disney Plus needs IP. They just bought Fox. They now own Firefly. They're going to bring it back." I don't know that Firefly is never coming back. I'm gonna say it right now. If I'm wrong, I will be delighted. So, wipe that off the table. Firefly is not my pick. All right. Here's my actual pick. Here's his pick. As seen, or as heard, I should say, I actually did some research. In KyberCast 52, best of the worst, I want to see a complete reboot of Flash Gordon. I knew you were going there. That's not one of mine. Well, it's due. It's totally due. It's been, what, 45 years? Yeah, then I don't know how long between that and the radio and the other television show. Well, see, I listened to my own rules. There was that one season on sci-fi that I think was on broadcast in 2008. So that was. It was a Flash Gordon? Yeah, he didn't. Oh, yeah. They did one series, one season on sci-fi of a Flash Gordon TV show that nobody watched. Yeah, I didn't even know about it. Clearly. The only reason I remember it is because. You know, that was the day before, that was before everyone had DVRs for everything. And I would still have to actually watch episodes of Battlestar until I got a DVR. Who, who, who owns the property? I don't know who owns it right now. Obviously, uh, NBC Universal had it at some point because they were able to do it on Sci-Fi, which I believe they own. Yeah, they do because yeah. Battlestar is on Peacock now. Um, so they at least had the rights then. 
And like I said, the only reason I remember it is because they pushed it heavily with ads during Battlestar Galactica. And I still never watched that. Which that's a good place to put the ads. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Now, do I think it should be as cheesy and chintzy as the late 70s, early 80s version of Flash Gordon was? I don't know. I'm but not. That was one. the thing. Was that was that was. I don't know what that was. It was comic bookish. It certainly wasn't trying to be. Um. Of the, it was just. It was a thing of its time. It wasn't trying to be like. I don't know if it was trying to be kitschy or not. I don't think it was. I think they were trying to make a serious slash sci-fi movie. I think they were trying to capture because you know George Lucas. His big thing was you know I. He loved the Buck Rogers serials, the Flash Gordon serials, and that's right. where that was his passion and how he wanted to make Star Wars. And this, uh, so I can't remember who it was, uh, what producer it was, but they're like, well, let's actually go to those serials and remake that and we'll do Flash Gordon. But they obviously didn't have the same budget. The special effects are not great in that film. Uh, no, acting's not great. Nothing's great, really. It's just weird. Really I mean, the I liked it as a kid. Oh, I loved it. It was one of my favorite movies as a kid. As, again, if you want to hear my take on it, listen to KyberCast 52 from like three, four years ago. Um, I mean, like I said, in, in the scene where the Hawkmen are flying, their wings aren't even flapping. They couldn't no. afford that. Right. So, But I do remember, uh, you know, reading sometime in the past that they actually got some like fashion designers to design the costumes. So they weren't just, you know, like stormtroopers. They were supposed to be, it was, they were trying to do something with it. What I don't think anyone knows. So again, I'm not saying it should be necessarily, necessarily kitschy, whether intentional or not, but I think flash Gordon done right. Could be a fun movie. Yes. Or a show. Whatever. It could be. I mean, anything done right will be good, but right. You know, <laughs> That's my number one, Flash Gordon. Got it. Okay. Um, so I, I don't know if this is a franchise because it never lived past its own day. Uh, so we, I, I don't know. If, I guess I don't know what the what you would qualify a franchise. So you may call me as this could be wrong. But I would love to see a film and or series rebuilt with some serious money of the $6 million man. And maybe it's the six billion dollar man or something, where it's right. today's tech, and maybe it's a little stronger take as to what you know with AI and cybernetics and things. I think it would be fucking cool if they did that, because I love that show as a kid. What would that mean now um, to get those, you know, uh, you know, Colonel Austin and all that? I, I think that would be. It seems like that'd be right up the alley of somebody to to bring that property back. Yeah, I. I think that's a great idea. I hadn't even thought of that. Which, granted, about 15 years ago now, maybe a little bit longer, they did do that Bionic Woman reboot. And there were rumors that if it had continued into a season two, they were going to do something like the $6 billion. I'm, I'm talking a full-fledged, you know, don't even just do some, you know, take that that storyline and re- redo the whole thing, bring it back. Battlestar Galactica style. Well, that's what they did with Bionic Woman as well. No, it was the same person, wasn't it? No, Oh, I don't remember this. Reboot. All new cast, which is funny because a lot of that cast has gone on to do better things. There are a lot of people from Battlestar that showed up in that show. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Uh, 
for example, uh, you know, Starbuck herself, um, Katie Sackhoff. She was on the show? She was on the show. She was basically the the evil bionic woman. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'll look this she up. I really good at that. remember this. Well, that's the thing. Nobody watched it. I watched it because it was basically uh, part of the same production team that had created Battlestar. So NBC's like, you did so well with that. Why don't you do this? And they actually put it on NBC. I watched it. No one else did. Mm. Obviously. And I was trying to think of this like, you know, I don't know who I would cast um, as Steve Austin. Timothy Chalamet. No, he's a twig. (laughs) Uh, No. No, I don't know who it would be. Paul Rudd. No, it could be a uh, <laughs> comically about it. No, I don't know who it would be. I don't know who it would be. Paul Rudd might be too old. You'd have to get someone, I don't know. Henry Cavill, that's... He's it's too, too big. big. He's, he's too big, too. Yeah. Like, like, like not big star, but like big guy. Like, this is a guy that was in the military that, that would have to fit in rocket ship. Like, a lot of pilots are not the biggest people, folks. I mean, no, you, you got to be short to be a pilot. Yeah. More like Tom Cruise. Yeah. I would not get Tom Cruise. He's too old. No, no, no. I'm just saying... That's the build. Maybe what's his name though? Could be interesting. That's in Top Gun with him. Um, that was in the that played Goose's son, whatever his name is. He was also oh. Fantastic Four. Yes, and I can't remember his name. Again, because we're recording, and the second we stop recording, I remember his name. Right. Miles Teller. I yeah. didn't even have to look it up. Yeah, Miles Teller. Um, I think you're right. I think that could be potentially a fantastic reboot because you could do so much with it i mean yes change it to six billion add all this cyber stuff and the, the new tech of like like ai in his head inf- infused with his brain so he would like i don't know there'd be some way to like scare people about what ai could do maybe who knows right you can kind of do yeah that, that, like who am i really what's my identity you can play that whole like robocop thing that they did in the 80s right world. Is am I still Murphy? You know, am I still who I was? Is it a foretelling of Michael's going to pick uh, RoboCop as his? Next? I am not picking RoboCop oh, okay. because it's been rebooted within the last ten years. Right. All right, that's my uh, sanctioned one. What's your second sanctioned one? Hold on, I thought I thought I had a good idea to who could star in that, and I don't think I can remember now. I had a thought for a second. I was going to see if it came back up, and no, it's gone. We'll come. I'll come back to that. Number two. I hate to say this. Because somehow I found something that's even cheesier than Flash Gordon. All right. Now, I picked this because I love it. But my real when we get to my third one, that's really my the one I really want to see. But for this one, I picked a reboot of a film called Megaforce. I don't even know what the hell Megaforce is. <laughs> It's a crappy movie that I loved as a kid and thought as a kid. It was fantastic action film. It is. It stars Barry Bostwick. God. <laughs> you see, already, you know it's a travesty, right? You might as well say, uh, you know what? Why don't they reboot BJ and the Bear? Or, or Sheriff Lobo. You know what BJ and the Bear was, right? I know. Yeah, I do. The guy from. Uh, Greg Evigan. Yeah, Greg Evigan. I was trying to remember his name because he was in uh, My Two Dads with Paul Reiser. I can't remember Miles Teller, but I can remember Greg Evigan. How fucking bad is that? And the bear. A truck driver and his chimpanzee companion go around the country and whoop it up. Hey, it did well enough where it spawned a spinoff called Sheriff Lobo. Yep. Um, Listen, 
the movie was terrible. I feel like there's a Megaforce. Megaforce. All right. But th- they had a tie-in with Mattel, Hot Wheels. And I remember some kid in my class had the official Megaforce Hot Wheel. <laughs> Did you look it up? It looks terrible, right? Michael Beck? Holy crap. So yeah. I, if I'm remembering correctly, basically Megaforce was like this multinational force that was not really aligned or allied with any one particular country. They were kind of, they're mercenaries basically, right? But good mercenaries. And there was this thing where this country, they didn't, uh, something was going on. Some evil despot had taken over their country and they needed help taking it back. So they hire Megaforce. And they didn't have like tanks and all that kind of stuff. They had like basically dune buggies. They had rockets on them because they were fast and they took out the tanks. It's a fucking Hell Needham movie. (laughs) Yes. Yes. He should never have made it. No. I loved it. I loved it as a kid. I think, I don't know, this one you'd have to go full cheese. Like, it's so stupid. Like, the cars, they basically had dune buggies, right? And they had this, this adaptive camouflage technology where... The, the paint would look just like whatever, like if you were in the desert, they'd automatically shift to this brown paint. And at night, they shift all black. And they had, you know, Gatling guns and all this stuff. And as a kid, oh, a laser would pop up the top of the uh, dune buggies and it would take out the tanks. It, for someone who was eight, nine, maybe even 10 years old, it was all too much and also awesome. Something about that I would love to see again even though I recognize how awful the first movie was. Yeah. I don't even think I'm going to go back and watch this. Never heard of it. I don't even know where you can find it to watch it. Bostwick. Good uh, here. Like, I don't even know if they ever put it out on DVD. Yeah. We waste of plastic. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of my half serious, but my third one, I don't want to call this a reboot. I want to call it an extension. Or a, a, I guess you'd say a sequel. And I think you'll understand why I want a sequel, because I want to know what happened to Richard Dreyfuss's character from Close Encounters. I would love for that to be a sequel where he comes back, he's back on Earth at his age of now, and he's been gone for that time. And I don't know, I, I, Close Encounters is such a damn good movie. I would love to see that bridge, like if he came back. Um, that would be amazing to me. I think that would be a great, like swan song Spielberg, like this is my last movie and I'm going to go back to my favorite movie, Close Encounters and bring Richard Dreyfus back home. And what does he do? Jesus Christ. I fucking love that idea. Wouldn't that like, be cool? I can't believe you came up like, okay, listeners, we don't always uh, come up with shows literally, you know, an hour or two before we do them. <laughs> Usually there's some more preparation. So the fact that in a couple of short hours, this is what we decided upon, and this is what you came up with. I'm jealous because that is a fucking brilliant idea. I think it'd be a great script. I should just start writing it and just send it to Stephen. <laughs> I'm not a writer, but I I think people would see that. <laughs> I think people would see that. Now, again, this may be one of those Riddles of the Lost Ark things where it's like people our age will see it and kids will be like, I don't care about Close Encounters, but I think it would be a worthwhile movie. I, I 100% agree. Uh, you know, I. I think I mentioned a long time ago, no, months ago, just 
on a whim, I threw on Close Encounters. And there's so much DNA that you see later in some of his other films. Like, you, you get the whole, you know, uh, you get the whole Indiana Jones vibe and all that stuff. And uh, it is so expertly crafted and colored. Like, it holds up today. It, it's more like as if it's almost as if they shot it today, but and set it in the 70s rather than shooting it at the time and just set at the time. Right. Well, and yeah, I 100% agree with that. And it's, even though it's one of his first movies, it's kind of like the greatest hits of Spielberg. I mean, yeah. you've got the, you know, you've got the sand, you've got the, the scientists that are also adventurers, right? Kind of like Indiana and archaeologists. You have the World War II references with, you know, the bombers that they mm-hmm. found in the middle of the desert. But then you have aliens and they're, they're nice aliens. They're sweet aliens. Which we and the thing is, at the end, they brought people back. Yes, and they hadn't aged. Right. So you could totally do this film, bring Richard Dreyfus as he is aged now. But for him, he's experienced, you know, a few lifetimes worth of stuff, right? It, it could be interesting. And like he sees his kids that are probably you know, 60 years old or whatever. And it'd be very cool. I don't know. So cool. I mean, I'm not lying when I say I'm jealous of this response because I said Flash Gordon and then an even shittier movie named Megaforce. <laughs> and you come back with, no, let's see a sequel to, you know, Close Encounters. And I'm like, that is fucking brilliant. And I'm, I'll take I'm it. Ashamed. I'm ashamed. I'll take it. All right. So what's your third one then? So here's my more serious one. I don't know if you'd be able to call it this title because we're so far past it, 40 years past it, Mm -hmm. but I would love to see a modern take using, taking modern technology now and then kind of looking to the future, kind of like we see in Black Mirror and stuff like that, and see a remake, reboot of 1984. The movie or the book? Both. Either. Aren't we going to see that? It's called Civil War. Isn't that coming out? No, but that's the thing. In 1984, the war is long past. No, I know. I was talking about the movie that's coming out soon. I know, I know, I know. know. Now, I could see you might have some difficulty still if you released it and called it 1984. Because people would be like, well, that was 40 years ago. Technology is going to be old. So maybe you'd have to rename the film. That's easy enough. Well, it was more the idea of uh, controlling people. Through, not through, just con- yeah, not through. just controlling people, but also a surveillance state. Yeah, yes, that yeah, which, exactly through technology, right? Which you could do much better now. I think with seeing the way things have gone, with knowing that like Google, Facebook, Amazon, all these companies have all these al- algorithms that are eating up and mining all your personal data. You know, they know. Like, there are times, seriously, I, I look something up, and the next thing I know, I'm on my phone on Reddit, and the ads I'm getting are along those lines. I mean, I shit you not, two two months ago, not even, we were shopping. I I don't know why, but I'm a little obsessed with the brand Kodo Paxi. And I wanted one of their coats for the longest time, or one of their bags. I don't need another bag, so I never bought one. But... I found one of their coats. It was on sale at a fantastic price and was in my size. And Shaylee's like, just buy it. You've looked at this 
How many times? I want you just to buy it so you stop, stop looking, looking at it. I can totally hear her saying that. So I bought it. Literally within a week or two, I get a Reddit ad from Cotopaxi saying, Michael, we think you might like this coat. And it's the coat I bought. So I'm I'm like, it was too late. It they was too late. Money. But somehow, I mean, I don't know if I took pictures of myself in the coat. I don't think I did. But I paid for that coat. And maybe my credit card company sold the information out. Somehow the information got out there. Maybe but it's because I... Geolocation on your phone at a store that carries it. And you've, you probably said exactly. the word. Um, these things are smart, but they're not that smart. It's like Amazon. It's like, I just bought this from you. Why do you think I want another one the next day? Like, I just fucking bought it. Like, yeah, sometimes it's kind of stupid. It's like, yeah. If it's something that's a consumable, I can understand. But sometimes it's like, hey, you just bought a monitor. Do you need another one? Yeah. No, if no. I did, I would have to. <laughs> right. But right. Uh, more to the point, you could use that, you know, those algorithms and whatnot and do something, I think, that would be very, a very interesting commentary on not only a surveillance state, but also kind of like where we are politically. Because- yeah. And it was the, it was the, you know, if you read the book and you know, one plus one is three you, is how you, you know, you break people like, you, you know, even you, you know the truth, but you, they won't let you say it, which is where we're headed. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Is it like, uh, I think, is it one plus one or is it two plus two is five? If you believe it enough. Something I thought it was like one that. plus one is three, but maybe that's regardless. Yeah. If you believe it enough, it is right. Well, cause everything is a construct. It doesn't matter. We, we, We've just decided. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That I think you could do a lot. Not only, like I said, I, I mentioned it three times now, surveillance yeah. state, but you're right. It's it's fascism, right? Mm-hmm. It's extreme fascism. Uh, you know, with the way the world's going, I'm hoping fascism doesn't rise back up. And we have to fight it back down like we did in the 40s. But it is here. It is on the rise within the world, within the U.S. I think you can make some interesting cultural commentaries in other words 1984 is still relevant the book uh obviously they haven't done a movie in a while because i think people are like well we're not going to do a movie based on a time that happened 40 years ago but i think you could take take those ideas if you don't want to call it 1984 that's fine you can call it something else you can call it big brother you can call it surveillance state you can call it whatever you want but you could do something I think very fascinating. Yeah, and he only just switched the dates. He he wrote it in 1948. That's right. how he, that's how I got the title. It wasn't like predict. He was just well, it'll probably be this by then. Yeah. <laughs> you know? In about 40 years, I'm sure technology will have advanced this much to do this stuff. And it was pretty close. And you know, those yeah. things are just like no, you know, the one who's got it right the most so far in terms of film, not necessarily books, is Minority Report. Everywhere you go, an ad is perfectly served to you. Like it was a pretty brilliant idea of what tech will be. Oh yeah, because they had uh, basically uh, retina scanners everywhere, like and they know who you are, and it just say, "Boop." Yep. I know who you are. Yeah. The funny thing is, didn't have to go that far. All I have to do is uh, be on your phone. Right. Then you have to scan your retina, but. Yeah, I, I thought you were going to say Idiocracy was the closest to... No, 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 I was, I was talking about the ad stuff. Um, and I don't need to reboot of that either. No. It's, so, already, it's already scary. Okay. And so I, want to do, I want to give a little credit. Uh, Shay's actually the one that came up in 1984, and I said, that is fucking brilliant. So let's just say that my ideas are for cheesy, awful shit, 
And you and Shay have come up with some fantastic bangers, if you will, for great reboots. So you guys are smart. Well, we'll be. We'll see. I don't know. You haven't seen my video game one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is uh, going to be part two of our discussion, which is we, we. This one was much more open. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, we've seen. You know, they've you know taken books and turned them into TV shows and movies. Uh, now. You know, you can take comics and do the same, which Marvel has done, DC has done, but now the kind of big thing that, you know, they're taking video games and turning them into movies and TV shows. So that our next one is what property, like it can come from any of those, comic book, book, game, whatever, what do you think should be the next big streaming success? Well, I don't, adaptation. I don't know if it'd be a streaming success and the movie, the, the game I'm going to bring up didn't have that much of a narrative so you'd have to actually write something okay but when i was a kid so you know i love lord of the rings and dungeons and dragons when i was a kid what and all that but there was a game on the atari 2600 called adventure that i don't even think i played this tell me oh, more it's it's just uh, it was you basically have to find the chalice before the dragons get you and you can kill the dragons. There's a green one, or there's, a, or there's a yellow one, a red one, and I think an orange one. I can't remember. No. You've got four or five castles to try and find this chalice. You've got bats that can kill you, and you have to you basically have to find this chalice and bring it back to your castle, which is the yellow castle. So you got to – it's just trying – you know, there's dark areas. There's like uh, mazes and things, and, you know, it was just one of my – and it changes every time you hit reset. The whole thing resets and – the whole thing has a different algorithm and you just walk around and you got to like, you could find a sword, pick it up and kill the dragon. So you can walk away. Then you can, there's, there's like little uh, Easter eggs in the, in the game. Um, you can hide things in the wall. So the bat can't take it. Like if you hide the sword, like let go of the sword in the wall, the bat can't take it from you. Um, if you take the bat, the bat will take a dragon away. Like if you hold on to the bat and the dragon comes in, you let go of the bat. They'll take you know, there's little goofy things like that, but it was basically just a quest for this chalice. Uh, I don't know what narrative you could bring, but I think it would be if you just call it adventure, you know, Atari's adventure. And I think it would be uh, an interesting play. It's it's it would be in that D&D world, though, kind of. So are you thinking more of like a TV show, like a streaming show? Know, or it could a be a TV, probably a movie, but a TV show might be interesting. I don't know. Um, I mean, the graphics are horrible because it's Atari, but back then it wasn't. Was you know was what it was. You've never seen that. You've never seen that game. You know, I may have. I may have. Um, when you brought up the bats, I think a friend of mine had that game. There's haunted house that had bats too. It was much like that. There was a sequel. That sequel was in the same vein as Adventure. Was haunted house. Maybe I played that because I do remember being at my friend Joe's house as a kid. He's like, "You gotta watch out for those bats. If they touch you, they kill you." Yeah. They kill you in this too, but bat. There was a the haunted house had bats on the cover too. Adventure didn't. Adventure didn't. Oh, I think that's a good pick. I, I would never have thought of that, Joe. I, I, I might have had a book here. Hold on. I do. That's the sound of Joe digging through his stuff. People. It is. So this is. Uh, the oh, art. the art of Atari. Yes, an adventure. Is in here. Sorry. Uh, well, podcasting really is a visual medium. Well, again, I said I'm, I'm copying it. To, we're doing video here, so I know, I know. I'm I'm just messing with you, Joe. 
had. No, the, the art on some of those old Atari games is just fantastic. Honestly, some of it's probably well, the illustration artwork got me drawing. That's what Atari's. Yeah. The, yeah, that art. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic stuff. I mean, there's artist profiles in here. Um, you think it would be at the beginning. Adventure. There it is. You can see the yellow castle. There I see it. That's the yellow castle. Okay. Yeah. I, you know what? Maybe I was too young. I know you are far, far older than I am, Joe. Yeah, yeah, very much. So maybe that's why I don't recall it. <laughs> but this was the, the artwork for it. And as a kid, I was like, oh, that's sweet. So That is sweet. Little gnomes and whatnot. Great book, The Art of Atari by Tim Lepatino. Forward by this man, Ernest Klein. You may know who he is. He wrote one good book. What one fantastic one one okay book. No, the second one wasn't even okay. Yeah. It wasn't. It's okay. I'm honest. All right, what do you have? All right. I was torn on this one. But I, I had to go with my first love. Which was I Depeche watched Mode? To, Oh sorry. Oh, that is one of them, but not. No one wants a TV show on that. <laughs> Even I know that. Um, I want to see a TV show streaming adaptation of John Scalzi's Old Man's War. I don't know what that is. <laughs> so uh, I'll give you the synopsis as quick as I can. So Earth is still the Earth. It's sometime in the future. How far, it doesn't matter. A couple hundred years, whatever. All you need to know is that Earth is, uh, they've discovered there are, in fact, other sentient beings within the galaxy. And more importantly, there uh, there's a finite number of resources. So mankind has jumped out there and is now um, trying to colonize other planets. And then they've bumped their nose against other sentient beings. Wars have started. So uh, there's, there's battle for control for trying to get you know all these resources to keep expanding your civilizations whatever it happens to be and the gist is earth has become a backwater there is another planet that's basically the the center of this you no know, human empire right but they still need soldiers they need lots of soldiers but what they found is that because of these other species are so intelligent and whatnot just throwing in youth into the grinder it's not getting them anywhere. They need more experience. They need smarter people. So there is this program on Earth. Once you're 70-something, you can apply for the Colonial Defense Forces. Or I, I, I don't remember if exactly what you're called, but they're the, colonial, they're the Colonial Military. You can't actually join until you're 75. What happens is when you sign up, You've got a term of enlistment of five years. If you survive the five years, you then can you can't ever go back to Earth, but you can live out the rest of your life on one of the colonies for free. What they don't tell you is that eighty to ninety percent of the people don't make it to five years; they get killed. Now you think it's not just it's not old people necessarily, 
uh, out there fighting, they take you at 75 because they want your world experience. They want your knowledge. And then when you actually get on the first ship to start heading to the military processing center, they basically hook you up to a machine where they have grown, lab-grown, a new body for you, basically a soldier's body that's green. It looks like a human, except it's green because it's photosynthesized and everything. You don't necessarily have to eat. You've got this uh, computer at the, base, at the base of your skull that helps you, you know, with all your tactics and stuff. Blah, blah, blah. You become a super soldier. And Old Man's War is about this guy who goes off and becomes a soldier. And they go over some of the battles. So you could do whole episodes on different battles and stuff. But then he, he finds out certain things about, you know, maybe I was lied to a bit. And then there's this thing where his him and his wife, they actually both signed up at the same time. But she died of mm-hmm. natural causes before she turned 75. And that leads to a weird twist later on in the book. It's a great series, and I think it would make a fantastic TV show. It's been optioned before, um, but it still fits the rules because no one's actually made anything with it. Uh, I think entertainment companies realize that it's a fantastic fantastic story, but sometimes books that deep are harder to adapt. Um, They're hard to pull off well. Sometimes it works fantastically, like with The Expanse. That was on Sci-Fi and then later Amazon. Um, that was an example of a fantastic, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking Adap- Adaptation. So for me, I would want to see Old Man's War, an adaptation of that book by John Scalzi. Cool. It reminded me of one that I, I could uh, circumvent my Highlander. Uh, so I'll throw this out real quick because it popped in my head. Uh, what could be re- redone in a, in a good way is Logan's Run. Do you know what that movie is? Yes, yes. When you're 30, you're executed. Yes, that would something be something about like there are limited resources on Earth. After, yeah, it's like, too Apocalypse many people. Yeah, it's just uh, the, the usual kind of idea, yeah. and you can't live past 30. And and the and Logan is one of the people that rounds up these people. Then he turns 30 and is like, "Fuck this, right. I'm out." I think it's a book. I'm sure it's probably a book. Um, I should look that up like fairly quick, but uh, uh, yeah, that would be, I think Logan's one run would be a good, good timing for that. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Cause I think the original was done like way back in the sixties or seventies, right? 1976. Okay. So mid seventies. Okay. Well, I did a lot. Starring that man, Michael York from uh, Austin Powers fame. Yes. I guess that wasn't uh, a book. Oh, no. Science fiction novel by American writer William F. Nolan. There you go. And there's sequels and spinoffs. So there you go. That could be a franchise. There you go. I think that'd be very interesting. I mean, especially if done right. I mean, you could get a cast of young, attractive actors and get all kinds of young people. Into Timothy it. Shyamalan. Shyamalan, ding dong, could be, well, he might be Logan. He's getting close to 30 now, isn't he? Yeah, but he's going to look 15 for a while. I could still almost cast Michael J. Fox if he didn't shake so much. That's, uh, (laughs) Remember, uh, direct all your hate mail to Joe Becker, please. I think he would actually appreciate that. (laughs) Yes, so, uh. I said he looked young. That was a compliment. 
He did look young, but the, the shaking thing, maybe some some people might take offense, Joe. <laughs> well, let them people know how they can talk to us, Michael. If you want to know, let Joe know how you feel about Parkinson's jokes. <laughs> uh, please let us know. You can stop by Instagram, Threads, or yes, we still have a Twitter account at this time. Well, Michael does. I don't. And Kybercast does. I, I don't. say the Kybercast does. So yes, Instagram, Twitter, Threads at Kybercast. Or if Facebook is more your jam, we have both a group and a page at The KyberCast. We do. And check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash KyberCast. But the best way to help out the show is to smash that subscribe button and to tell your friends about the show. You can send them to any of the podcatchers that are out there. Uh, we should be there for them. Or just go right to our website at kybercast.com. All of our shows are streaming there as well. And check out the swag store. There's a few things there you might want to pick up. Um, well, Michael, we have another... I, I don't know what's happening until next week, but I'm sure we'll come up with some kind of topic. And uh, let's get that... Let's do a hash, hash, hashtag Close Encounters 2. And uh, let's see if we can make that happen with uh, Spielberg. Sounds like a plan. All right. Until next week, uh, this is the way. I have spoken. What a piece of junk. Boring conversation anyway.